Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality. Some talk shows think all of their opinions are right. This one, this one knows they are. This is Perception is Reality. Christopher H. Bilbrey is a no-nonsense, well, maybe a little bit of nonsense, political activist, local government watchdog, and all-around good Hoosier and God-fearing American citizen. Is this guy for real? Holding lawmakers accountable and educating citizens on the importance of participating in their local government with a dab of national and world politics and a little pop culture and maybe some real-life common sense. This, this is, is Perception is Reality. And this is Christopher H. Bilbrey. Hello? Hello, is anybody there? Hello? Hello? Is anybody there? Where is everybody? Hello? Oh, well, there you are. Just in time. I was looking for everybody and couldn't find anyone. I don't know where everybody's been at, but I've been looking for you. It was time to start the show, and now I've found you here just in time. Thank you for joining me. This is Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, and I am your host, Christopher H. Bilbrey. This is the 38th episode, which we are recording on Tuesday, September 10th, 2019. And I want to welcome you, however you're listening, on iTunes or Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or whichever of the podcast hosting sites is your favorite. Or maybe you're just listening from the home station of perception.fireside.fm. However you're listening, thank you and welcome, but I ask that you definitely be sure and share the show with everyone you know, because we want to build the listener base. We want to build this community. We want to grow the number of people that are listening that are commenting, and that are sharing information back and forth with each other and with me so that we have more people involved and we have a larger community in different cities and counties and states. It's wonderful to hear from the people who are using things that we are discussing here on the podcast to better their situation. And so we want to continue growing this base and increasing the number of people that are engaged, that are active, and that are attempting to better their local government through their citizen involvement. So what are we talking about today on this 38th episode? Well, I'm going to be honest. I'm kind of pissed off at the whole group of us. Now, no, not you guys that are listening because you're doing what you should be doing. But as I sit here and record this episode, I'm coming off of a city council meeting 
in which the turnout and the citizen involvement was very lackluster. Okay? So, for those of you that have been around for a while, and there are tons of you that have been, you will remember from episodes like episode 30, Does That Ring a Bell? Or episode 31, What's All the Hype About? Or episode 33, Community, in which I talked about once we start getting active and getting people engaged and people start attending meetings and doing things to interact with the officials, you can't let up. Number one most important thing is voting. But right behind that is showing them that we're serious and showing them that we mean business. And from the performance of the citizens that I saw at the council meeting, I just was very kind of disappointed. Now, we're going to, after this quick break, take a look at the folks, and I'm going to talk about some people who stood up and really shared their feelings, and I was very happy with that. But we have to look at the turnout, and I got to ask, seriously, like, I wasn't being an idiot at the beginning where I was ringing the doorbell and knocking on the door and saying, where is everybody? I was kind of proving a point. You know, a month and a week ago, we had 1,200 people at a meeting. And then last night, we had 80. You know, I, I just got to ask, what the hell? Where's everybody at? You know, that's not how you get things done. So... On the other side of this break, we're going to come back and I'm going to ask where everybody's at. And then we're going to talk about that and we're going to see what we can do to increase the visibility of the people that care by the officials that need to see that. We're also going to talk a little bit about the anniversary of September 11th. 2001, which is coming up. So, after this break, we'll be right back and we'll get into it. You're listening to Perception is Reality. I'm Christopher H. Bilbrey. This is the Community Spotlight, where Bilbrey looks directly at a community in need of a bit closer examination. In the words of Tip O'Neill, all politics is local, and we're about to get local. local. All right, so we're going to be talking about the city council meeting in Muncie, Indiana, from Monday, September 9th, 2019. But if you live in Winchester or Indianapolis or New York, New York, or Cleveland, Ohio, or some city in Utah or California or wherever, don't just tune out because what I'm going to be talking about has impact for you. Because I'm not talking about like, hey, they're going to fill a pothole down on Wade Avenue or whatever. I'm talking about citizens interacting with the government and or not interacting in this case. And why that is and what we can do and why it's not acceptable what's happening. So, a little refresher course for those that might not know. The last couple months, we've been gearing up for an election, which is our municipal elections, which is the local city and town elections. 
and that election is in November, okay? And we've been gearing up for that. We've got a lot of candidates. We've had a lot of craziness going on. We've had a city councilor who's running for re-election who's been weaponizing police officers. We've had a community situation in which the elected officials of the city of Muncie were entering into a deal to bring jobs and bring a factory to this community that sounded great at first, but once you got to peeling back the layers, looked as though it might be bad and might be harmful to folks' health. So citizens got in an uproar and started speaking out, and on August 5th, 2019, close to 1,200 people attended a Muncie City Council meeting. Now, I thought that was fantastic. I thought it was great. There were several different issues that were brought up and talked about during that meeting. It kind of ended in pandemonium. I don't think that's always the best, but it is what it is, and it was kind of like something that was needed. So that's the thing that happens. If you go back and listen to episode 28, Catch More Bees with Honey, I talk about the goings-on of that council meeting. And so that's something that you might want to listen to because it's important. I will link it in the description of this video. But I will say this. I kind of called this. I said, it's great that we're getting this many people involved and it's great that there's this outpouring of citizens and this people are standing up and saying what they feel and are letting the officials have it. But if that same amount of pressure isn't kept up, then we're going to have a problem, okay? And so directly after that September 5th meeting, there were a couple of other meetings that occurred, okay? And so those meetings would have occurred directly after the week after that first week of August, and those budget meetings had nearly nobody there. Then there was a sanitary district meeting, and almost nobody was there. And so the episodes that I did directly thereafter, 28, 29, you know, 30, 31, somewhere right around in there, I was talking about the importance of keeping people involved, keeping people going, keeping the drive alive, and that's what's needed to make a difference. And I was worried that people were going to slowly fall off and not be as interested and it was going to be like a flash in the pan and it was just kind of like a cool happening that happened that night and it was like a freak show and people wanted to be part of the freak show. And now I'm looking back and saying, yeah, that's unfortunately what it was. Now, let me tell you, I am so, so, so happy that the people stood up, the people said how they felt, and they got something done. They said, you know what? We do not want this facility coming here, and we want you guys to stop it. And that was done. But then I said, 
We need to keep the momentum going, folks. We're still just a couple months out from the election. We still have an FBI investigation going on that is going four years strong. We still have corrupt officials. We still have a wonky donkey bullshit parade of people that are leading us that are not doing what's best for us, but rather doing what's best for themselves. We still have a lot of issues that are currently ongoing that are currently being questioned. And so we need citizen involvement. And guess what? The citizens respond by posting on Facebook. There is a Facebook group that I have mentioned several times on this podcast. Back the last time I mentioned it, I believe it was around 1,800 people strong. All right? That's great. Guess how many people's on the group now? 2,374 people. Isn't that fantastic? No, it sucks. Because here's what we don't need. We don't need 2,374 social justice keyboard warriors. We need 500 citizens to show up at the city council meeting every meeting. We need people to be standing up without a seat. We need them to have to make a bigger area to meet. We need to continue showing the officials we care, not just when the news is there, trying to make somebody a big, big star or whatnot, and not just when you think it's a freak show, a happening event, because everybody else is there. Because let me tell you people something. It's the meetings that only 80 people are at that are the meetings that are taking place when things are being talked about in the planning stages that then people later want to bitch about. These are the meetings where it gets real and then later people want to swing in to play the hero, to say what they think and want something done and think that it's going to happen. That's not when you are supposed to do it. You're supposed to be keeping the people that are governing us accountable. You're supposed to be keeping them honest, and you're supposed to be keeping them transparent. And it's hard to do it when they just think that nobody cares and that nobody's looking, and it's the same old, same old. We don't need 80 people at every meeting. We don't necessarily need 1,200 people at every meeting, but damn, it would sure be nice if we could get 500 people to fill that auditorium several meetings in a row. Then, citizens' voices might matter. But until then, they just get to play us off like, oh, those are the crazy fools that get up and talk, blah, blah, blah. And it don't matter. Whatever your opinion is, same as mine, different as mine. We have strength in numbers, and it's good for us to tell the officials that they work for us, but they just laugh at us when it's five of us saying it, 
or 10 of us saying it, or 13 of us speaking in one meeting. They don't care about that. If we had 50 people signed up out of a 300-person crowd, they would care about that. And now I know not everybody's going to be as on fire for all of this as I am. But folks, this is what it comes down to, man. I mean, it's one meeting a month. In my community in Winchester, we have two meetings a month. And I have to fight to keep it like that sometimes because every now and then the officials try to go down to one. And I'm like, no, we need two because we have that much business. And honestly, the city of Muncie has more business than Winchester has. They should definitely be two meetings a month. All communities could be two meetings a month. And that would make sense. You could get more stuff done. You could allow more time for citizens to be heard by the officials, which is what it's all about. And that's what we should push for. Another thing, in the town of Yorktown, which I'm going to start doing some looking at in the next couple days and weeks, what they're dealing with out there with eminent domain and all that craziness, they have meetings, and their meeting times are like 4, 4.30, 5. That is insane. All meetings should be at least 6, if not 6.30 or 7, so that the most amount of people in the community possible can attend. And then meetings need to be live-streamed to the city, town, or county's official Facebook page, and access needs to be granted to everybody so that the citizens can have total understanding and total transparency. And if you try to argue differently, you're a fool and should not be elected to that office. But getting back to what I'm saying, it's the boring meetings. It's when you don't think something flashy is going on that the stuff starts happening and you have to be paying attention or else it causes a situation in which people have to show up 1,200 strong to stop something that they don't want. And people don't realize that. We want to throw all the blame in the world on the officials. Oh, you didn't investigate. You didn't do your job. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. But folks, let's just be real honest. The citizens shoulder that blame too. Because the citizens didn't watch what was happening, and the citizens didn't first investigate, and the citizens didn't go and speak out back in May and June and July for this steel dust plant that that they got shut down. Had citizens been going to the council meetings, then maybe we could have done something. But you have to understand. You have to understand. The excuses saying, well, it was fall break, or it was summer break, or I was doing this or that. Get over it. 
That's why we need communities like our community. Perception is reality, the platform that we have here, and the community that we're building. Citizens that are trying to get engaged and are trying to better their community. Citizens that are trying to interact with each other. That's what we have going here. That's why we need to continue building it. So, if somebody can't go to a meeting because they've got to work, or they're going on vacation with their family, like that happens, and that's regular and normal, and sometimes it's okay for people to just step away, that others are in place and others will be right there. You know, we don't need 1,200 people to show up every meeting. I understand that's not going to happen. But it'd be nice to at least fill the auditorium. I mean, I said, I said this to everybody. And this message works, whether you're in Muncie, or you're in Tennessee, or you're in Texas, or Arizona, or wherever, what I'm saying matters. A large group of the citizens need to know what's going on and need to attend the meetings. Every meeting. That way, if you're going through the agenda and they start talking about something, and it sounds a little hinky, Somebody can alert the people. Somebody can get up and speak against it. But it's when nobody goes that the foundation is laid for the craziness that everybody tries to fight later on. It's always better to stop something before it gets started than to let that snowball go down the hill and halfway from the bottom try to stop it because you probably aren't going to. Now, in this situation with the steel dust plant, it was such an outcry that we were able to do it. And citizens might say, well, we accomplished that goal. We got done what we wanted to get done. Well, good for you, but what about your city? There's more than just steel dust trying to choke out your city. What about the corruption? What about the careless and selfish officials that aren't looking out for you or your children or the city's best interest, but rather they're looking for their next re-election back to the council seat or their election to mayor or this or that. And that's not what matters. That's not what makes the community the best it can be. We have to stop this, people. And it takes actual hard work. It's not always fun. And it's not always exciting. And sometimes it's boring. And sometimes it's dry. But if we can right the ship, if we can get pointed back in the right direction, then it can start being fun. And it can be exciting. And it can be happy. But we don't just say, well, we, we fought this beast and we won and it's over. No, no, no. We are far, far, far from right. We are far from right. The fight continues, folks. It's really serious because let me make sure that you understand. You don't get here overnight. Muncie's taken 80, 100 years to get here. It's going to take a long time to get fixed, all right? We're not just going to fix this because, well, the steel dust went away. Now, there are people out there that just simply do not care about politics. And all they cared about 
was stopping the steel dust. Well, for you, congratulations. Thank you. You did an excellent job. But I can't believe that there were 1,200 people standing outside and inside and in those seats. And there's not at least 500, 600 of those people that don't have other cares and concerns about the city. I believe that they do. Now, my question is, how do we get them involved? How do I get you to understand that posting on a Facebook page and being one of another 2,000 people posting about this or that or talking about what the mayor's done or not done, that that doesn't really matter. Posting to Facebook doesn't change anybody's mind. It shares opinions. It shares thoughts. It gets the message out. It's propaganda. But you realize that most of the officials don't deal with Facebook or other forms of social media. They post on it but don't read anything because of all the vitriol and all that crap. So you're not changing anybody's mind on social media. You gotta go to meetings. Let's take a look at what happened specifically at the meeting Monday evening, okay? There was a resolution for an environmental committee. Resolution 1619. A resolution approving the creation of the Common Council of the City of Muncie Environmental Impact Committee to study proposed legislation. And just in brief, what this is, is after the big fiasco with the steel dust plant, some citizens got together and said, well, we want the council to do what they're supposed to do and to look into stuff and to investigate. Well, no shit. That's what they should be doing. We don't need a committee to tell them that. How about we have citizens standing up saying, look, you guys need to do what the hell you're supposed to be doing. And if you don't, we're going to vote your asses out. And we're going to be here to make sure that you do it. We don't need another committee. We don't need you guys to have another meeting that you won't attend or another meeting that's scheduled at a weird time that we can't attend. We just need you to do what you're supposed to be doing with the environment and with everything else. But no, no, here's what happened. Some citizens got together and then, then, a very sly and cunning city councilor City Councilor Nora Powell of Muncie, who's up for re-election and is part of all of the crap and the dirty crud that I've always talked about. If you're new to the show, go back and listen. You'll hear plenty. She needs to not be re-elected to her council seat. She's an at-large councilor, which means there are three at-large positions on the Muncie City Council, which means during elections, there are three Republicans that run in the general election in November, and there are three Democrats that run. Nora is up for re-election. There is a fellow at-large counselor up for re-election, Linda Gregory, who also needs to lose. They're both Democrats, and it's not that they're Democrats that makes them need to lose. It's that they are shitty counselors, and they don't care about what the majority of the citizens of Muncie care about, and that's why they need to go away. So if you vote in the city of Muncie and you vote Republican, vote for Richard Ivey, Aaron Clark, and Troy Ingram. 
And we hope that those three win the three at-large positions. If you're Democrat and you can't or won't vote Republican, then I ask that you vote bullet voting, where that means you only vote for one person, even though there are three choices that you can pick from. And I ask that you cast your vote for Watasha Barnes Griffin. So you can go in and out of six candidates, three Republicans and three Democrats, you can vote for any of the three. And you can vote for four candidates but Nora Powell and Linda Gregory need to go on down the river back to the private sector. Thank you for your service. Uh, bye bye But getting back to what we're talking about, Nora Powell saw an opportunity here, got with these citizens, and drew up legislation to have some kind of committee. Now, I am very proud of the 8 to 10, 12, 13 citizens that spoke at last night's meeting about this. There were citizens that got up and spoke in favor, wanting the council to pass this legislation. I don't agree with them, but you guys rock for being there and sharing your thoughts. And they were all over the board, old, young, black, white, there was people there that were speaking from all over the city of Muncie, and it was beautiful. There were also people there speaking against this legislation. Now, I want to be very clear to point this out. They think that something needs to be done, and everyone who spoke out against Resolution 1619 wasn't saying, oh, we should just not do anything, you guys are doing great. They all think that the officials need to do their damn jobs and to do right by the citizens of Muncie and that what they've been doing isn't right. But they thought that this resolution was just a way to say, aha, look what we're doing, and it was bullshit and it didn't matter. And that's what they were speaking out about. And again, there were young and old of all different backgrounds and it was beautiful. But here's what we needed. We needed an additional 50 people willing to speak out about it. We needed to pack the whole auditorium because here's what happened. Here's what you missed because you didn't go. Out of the nine council members, several council members spoke out against this. Nora Powell spoke out in favor because she saw a way to gain votes in the election. She didn't give a shit about this. She just saw this as a way to get some more fans or supporters. And I think it backfired on her, But even though she got what she wanted. But she spoke in favor of it. And when they came down to take the vote, they got to questioning everyone. They were going down doing the roll call vote. And it ended up being four in favor and four against, because one of the counselors, Linda Gregory, who I was just talking about, passed on the vote, because she was hoping it would tip in favor, which is what Nora wanted. Linda has been doing what Nora wants here recently. Most people thought she used to vote pretty good, and that she was a pretty good official, but we're pointing out some seriously flawed issues with her lately 
and the fact that she goes the way of Nora is really a problem. So they thought that it was going to tip in their favor and that she could play it safe and just pass. That way she looked good to everybody, but it ended up coming down to her because it didn't. It went four to four. So then she regretfully had to vote yes, which means... Yay, Muncie! You now have another standing committee that means exactly jack shit. And Nora will probably be on it. Hell, she'll probably chair it. Uh, because that's what she likes to do. Nora's all about the power and what makes her look good. And uh, tries to keep her in power. So we'll have to stay tuned for that. But that's what you missed. Had there been more people there and had more people spoke out against this nonsense, maybe we could do like Counselor Dan Reidenauer said and talk about this. If anything happens in the next three and a half months until the new administration takes over, that those questions could be sent to any number of other committees already in place and we could figure out a really good way to handle this. The good way to do local government is never to create more government. More government is always a bad idea. This is where I'm going to really tell you that I'm conservative and you're going to see it. The answer to any problem is never more government. Actually, less government is always a better solution. And so the fact that we have this now is... Really, really, really ridiculous, okay? I just need everyone to understand that it's stuff like this that later on down the road, people are going to be like, well, why is this even in place? Why do we have this? And everyone's going to be like, well, you remember that meeting that we didn't attend? That's when it happened, and, you know, now what? That's why we got to get going. And I'm asking you. I know what I think. I know that people have to go, and we got to get people sharing this information, sharing the show, Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, on all podcast hosting sites, major and minor, but definitely at the home link of perception.fireside.fm. And then beyond that, we have to share when the council meetings are and the board of works meetings are and we have to make sure that people are going and attending we have to make sure people are asking questions and holding these officials accountable making sure that they are transparent we have to be asking candidates questions and we have to turn out to vote and i always look at people's involvement in the meetings people's involvement with the candidates people's involvement with the entire process I always look to that to see how the voter turnout's going to go. And I can tell you, I'm not really happy, and I'm afraid that it's going to be another flop. Now, I'm working, and I'm hoping that it's not going to be, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm dead wrong on this. But the voter turnout in May sucked everywhere. And I'm afraid that it's going to suck this November. And if it does... Man, I don't even know what to tell you. If it does, I should probably pack up and uh, do a podcast about music or something. Because I'm just afraid that we are really going to sink our boat here everywhere. 
Citizens need to get more involved, and they need to better their communities and better their government by their citizen involvement, because without that, the officials run amok. So I know what I think, but I'm asking you, tell me, how do we get you involved? How do we get more people to go to the meetings and to stand up for what they believe in? I don't care if you agree with me or you disagree with me. I want you to speak. I was proud of everybody that spoke at that meeting last night. Whether we agreed or disagreed, that's what government, specifically local government, and our system is based on. How can we get more people involved? What can we do? If you want to give me some answers, if you have some ideas, if you want to be a part of the show, please email me at khbilbury at gmail.com, khbilbury at gmail.com, or call or text the show at 765-546-9796, 765-546-9796, or hit me up on Facebook at Christopher H. Bilbury on Facebook, which is facebook.com backslash bilbury318. You're listening to Perception is Reality. I'm Christopher H. Bilbury, and we'll be right back. Perception. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. American 11, are you trying to call? The cockpit is not answering their phone. Our number one is in staff, and our five is in staff. Hey, I'm going to call from Washington. I have a situation with American 11, a possible hijack. What's going on, Betty? The crap is erratic again. Problem, you're erratic. Hello? Hello? Betty, talk to me. Betty, are you there? Betty? Betty? A plane just hit the World Trade Center. What? 737? Yeah, what? Like the World Trade Who are you talking to? Oh, God. Oh, my God. United 175, New York. We have some problems over here right now. We might have a hijack over here, two of them. Jules, this is Ryan. Uh, listen, on an airplane, that's been hijacked. And things don't go well, and it's not looking good. I just want you to know, I absolutely love you. I want you to do good. So happy to find uh, things to my parents and everybody. And I just totally love you, and uh, I'll see you later. Hi, babe. What are those people gonna do? All, all the elevators are blocked down. Oh my God! So both towers are now. Okay, I got an aircraft that's out east of the White House. Crystal City, just north of Crystal City. Just to the north of your town. Yeah, stop all the parkers. United 93, that traffic three is 1 o'clock, 12 miles eastbound 370. Negative contact, we're looking at United 93. United 93, Cleveland, if you hear the center, I right then. I got the pistol. Keep remaining to the ball, boys. Get out of here! 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 Get out of here!
Tuesday, 9.47 a.m. Hi, baby. I'm, baby, you have to listen to me carefully. I'm on a plane that's been hijacked. I'm on the plane. I'm calling from the plane. I want to tell you I love you. Please tell my children that I love them very much. And I'm so sorry, babe. I hope to be able to see your face again, baby. I love you. Bye. Five six eight six five. We have a, uh, I believe it is a uh, Boeing seven fifty seven. Can you see him up there, sir? That's concurred. Uh, it looks like he's rocking his wings. Roger. He's rocking back and forth. Number five six eight six five. I advise you stay away from that aircraft. Go north as fast as you can. United nine three. Have you got information on that yet? Yeah, he's down. He's down? Yes. When did he land? He did not land. Oh, he's down. Yes, yeah, somewhere up northeast of Camp David. Time is passing, yet for the United States of America... There will be no forgetting September the 11th, 2001. We will remember every rescuer who died in honor. We will remember every family that lives in grief. We will remember the fire and ash, the last phone calls, the funerals of the children. Former President George W. Bush. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm recording this episode episode 38, on Tuesday, September 10th, 2019. Which means, when a good chunk of you will be listening to this, it'll be Wednesday, September 11th, 2019, or beyond. But every year, around September 11th, like most Americans, I would hope, I always get that knot in the back of my throat. See, I was of age when the terrorist attacks occurred. If you were 17 or older, you had a pretty good understanding of what pre-9-11 life was like. I was 19 when the terrorist attacks occurred and loved my life and knew enough of the world that I knew that morning watching the events unfold that life would never be the same. And I can absolutely say for certain now Many, many years on, 
that life has never, ever, ever been the way that it was on September 10th, 2001. Yes, we have grown, we have prospered, we've had good times and bad times. But life in America, life in the world, has never been as it was prior to those planes hitting those buildings and hitting the Pentagon and hitting the ground near Shanksville, Pennsylvania. All of 9-11 permeates my thinking and my understanding of life. But the story of the men and women on Flight 93 is what always does it to me. Now, in an episode way back called The Dregs of Society, episode 10, I covered the story of the men and women on Flight 93. I talked about how they realized something was wrong. They were making phone calls to loved ones. And they acted as Americans. They took a vote in a moment of terror, pure hell and pandemonium. They took a vote to take action and to take their fate into their own hands. Yes, they wanted to live, but they were not going to die at the hands of those piece of shit terrorists. They ultimately paid the highest sacrifice, but they saved untold countless lives. Maybe the lives of our elected officials in Washington, D.C. Maybe the lives of you or me. Who knows where the plane was ultimately going. But those men and women on the airplane stood up when it counted and they did what needed to be done. And that is absolutely awesome. Those men and women are absolute heroes and deserve our complete and undying respect. And I want to think about them. Think about the courage it took for them to stand up and to do what needed to be done. And then let's apply that back to our own lives. When I ask you to stand with me in your communities and face obstacles that are far less than what those men and women on that airplane faced that day, and let's hold our officials accountable, let's stand up, demand transparency, let's vote and make a difference. Let's understand that what we face is nothing like what they faced on that day. And so it should be a hell of a lot easier. Absolutely easier. Ladies and gentlemen, I am in awe 
of those that did what needed to be done. And I am in awe of each and every one of you that are engaged and involved, and I want to thank you. And I want to ask you, whether you're listening to this show on September 10th or September 12th or sometime next year, never, ever forget the men and women that did what needed to be done on Flight 93 that paid the ultimate sacrifice along with all of the victims, the innocent, innocent men, women, and children along with all of the heroes that died during the September 11th, 2001 terrorist attacks in New York, Washington, D.C., and Pennsylvania. In the words of Todd Beamer, a passenger from Flight 93 on September 11th, 2001, right before they decided to take the fight to the terrorists, let's roll. All right, folks. Well, that's going to do it for episode 38 of Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. I want to thank you for joining us today. Please, please share this message, share the show, and ask your friends, family, and neighbors, why aren't you going to the meetings? Please stand up and do what's right. Help us all better our local government through our own citizen involvement. That's what it takes. And from all of us here at Perception is Reality, we want to say thanks for listening. God bless. Take care of one another. Be safe. And we'll look forward to seeing you back here again real soon. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality. You've been listening to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Bilbrey. Tune in, like, and subscribe at perception.fireside.fm. Hook up on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Bilbrey318 and on Twitter at PISRBilbrey. Email khbilbrey at gmail.com. Or get off your butt and call the show at 765-546-9796. Till next time, remember, perception Perception is reality. Reality. This has been Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, where we aim for better government through citizen involvement.